Psalmist, Reflections on the Psalms, Creation, and the Human Experience. Today we turn our attention to Psalm 1, that opening psalm in the collection of 150 psalms that we find in the book of Psalms. And Psalm 1 kind of sets the tone for what's going to follow throughout the book. In Psalm 1, there's this emphasis uh, on the choice that we have on human freedom. We can choose, we can choose a life that's going to bring about happiness, but we could also choose a life of brokenness. With that, let's enter into our time of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So imagine with me for a moment a river, a favorite river of yours. If you like fly fishing, maybe it's a place where you fish. Or if you like just having, sitting on the bank with your feet in the water, maybe it's a slow meandering river. If you like riverboat cruises, maybe it's a river that's deep and wide. If you like whitewater rafting, maybe it's a river that's got lots of rapids. But picture for a moment a river, one that you like. You see the water? See what's along the banks of the stream? When I was in high school, this was the river I would have thought of. This is the Salt River. I grew up in Phoenix. The Salt River was northeast of Phoenix. And we would often go there with our youth group from church. Sometimes I'd go with my friends, and we'd just go floating down the river on inner tubes. We had a lot of fun on the Salt River. When I was a little older and met Jerry, and early on, our early years of marriage, this is the river I would have thought of. This is called West Fork. It's a warm water creek that empties into Oak Creek, part of Oak Creek Canyon, north of Sedona, Arizona. We first, when Jerry and I first met, all of our courting was in Oak Creek. We go for hikes and walks, and after we were married, We'd go there often. Every year on my birthday, we would go to West Fork to pick wild blackberries where they grew the spot where the West Fork met Oak Creek. When I served Camp Verde, Arizona, this is the river I would have thought of. This is the Verde River, one of three rivers that runs through Camp Verde. The parsonage that I lived in, a church-owned home, had an acre backyard that was irrigated from the Verde River. I remember one day I got a call from some of the old guys at church. I think back on that now, and it kind of is funny because I think I'm older than they were then, but, but they, were one, they were the old guys from church back then. The river was up high enough that they wanted to go floating down the river on a raft, and they invited me to go. I said, okay, I'll go with you. So we met at Tom's house. And Tom had a big old raft that was kind of held up with some pontoons that could fit all five of us easily. So we got on on that raft and we started floating down the Verde River. The Verde River doesn't have much in the way of rapids. So it was a pretty relaxing journey down the river. And I can remember watching the banks slowly as I went by with the grass and the flowers and the bushes and the shrubs under the crown of cottonwood trees which line the river. At one point, as we were relaxing, Tom laid back over one of the pontoons. 
And about that time, some turkey buzzards started circling above head. You know, those old scavenger birds, they started circling above. I pointed them out to Tom, so he sat up to look, and then they flew away. A couple minutes later, he leaned back again. Turkey buzzards were back, circling overhead. So I couldn't help myself. I had to tell him, Tom, you must not look so good, because I think they're thinking you're going to die. He sat up, they flew away, he leaned back, they flew back. We had a lot of fun with Tom on that trip. Imagine a river. The psalmist might have imagined this river. This is the Jordan River. Certainly important to the people of Israel. Important to the desert, to life there. And this river certainly teems with life. It's the river in which John the Baptist did all of his baptizing. It's the river in which Jesus himself was was baptized. Think of a river. As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, the Bible uses rivers as powerful metaphors, sometimes to talk about chaos and destruction, but most of the time, almost all the time, it's to talk about life and about the fulfillment of the promise of God. We think of from John chapter 7, how for believers, it says that we'll spring forth with streams of living water. From Psalm 46, we hear there's a river that makes glad the city of God. From Revelation chapter 2, we hear about a river, the water of which is crystal clear. It flows from the throne of God and from the Lamb. From the prophets Isaiah and Ezekiel, we hear time and time again about rivers, flowing rivers that are going to bring forth life wherever the water flows. From Psalm 107, we hear how God will bring streams of water to the desert, the very very psalm from which this church gets its name, Desert Spring. And from Psalm 1, we hear, Happy are those who meditate upon God's word day and night. They're like trees planted alongside of a stream. Now, Psalm 1 starts off with the promise of happiness. Just as last week's psalm, Psalm 32 did, remember last week we heard how one of the keys to happiness is confession. And while confession doesn't usually show up on that list of things we would say makes us happy, we know its importance when it comes to being happy. A number of years ago, prior to serving this church, I had a member of church come to me. It was his 80th birthday. He was in bad shape. He was not in good health at all. And he's carrying a heavy burden, and he just wanted to talk to me. So we sat down and we talked. And as we talked, he told me his deep, dark secret, something he had not told another human being, how he, when he was 12 years old, attempted to murder his father. He said, it wasn't just that I thought about it. It's that I enacted a plan intending to kill him, just the plan failed. But he hadn't told anybody this. He carried it with him for 68 years. It's no wonder he was in such bad health, carrying such emotional illness within him. So he confessed his sin before God. I was blessed to be able to be there to embody the very forgiveness of God, to tell him his sins were forgiven, to be able to give him an embrace and to let him know that he was loved. And this man who came into my office preparing to die left desiring to live. 
I mean, we know the power of confession when it comes to living a happy and a fulfilled life. Psalm 1 wants us to understand that happiness is connected to the choices that we make. And we can make choices that result in happiness. We can choose to participate in the scoffing and the wickedness and the brokenness of this world. Or we can choose to participate in the things of God. And the kind of life we live is very different depending upon the choice that we make. Happy are those, it starts off, who meditate upon God's word. The focus isn't on meditation per se. The focus is on God's word. Because we can meditate on all kinds of things that have nothing at all to do with being happy. The focus is on God's word. Meditating upon God's word. Filling our lives with the things of God. Thinking about and filling our minds with the things of God. St. Paul in Romans chapter 12 kind of captures what the psalmist is trying to talk about when he says, Do not be conformed to this world. Don't fill your mind with the things of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What you fill your mind with is what you become. If we fill our mind with the scoffing of this world, then it impacts how we understand this world and who we are becoming. If we fill our mind with the wickedness of this world, it impacts how we understand this world and who we are becoming. If we fill our mind with the brokenness of this world, it impacts how we understand this world and who we are becoming. And likewise, if we fill our minds with the things of God, with the Word of God, it impacts how we understand this world and who we are becoming. Happy are those who meditate upon God's word day and night, who fill their minds with the things of God. And then the psalmist lets us know why we will be happy. Why we'll be happy by focusing on God's word. He says, you'll be like a tree planted along a stream of water, a tree strong and solid in our understanding of who we are and whose we are and our place within this world. Be strong and solid in those things that bring meaning to our lives. And the psalmist says, and your leaves will not wither. I mean, we know that times of drought will come. We know times of drought come. We know that there's times in our life where we suffer, where we grieve, where trouble finds us, hardships they come. But as we fill our minds with the things of God, the scripture of God, the things of God, equips us for our hardships. It strengthens us to get through our hardships, and it gives us hope beyond our hardships. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. The psalmist says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine, says the Lord, Isaiah says. 
We do not grieve as those without hope, St. Paul says. I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who created heaven and earth, the psalmist says. You are the light of the world. Nobody lights a light to hide it under a bushel, but put it in a lampstand for it to give light for all in the house to see. Let your light so shine before others, Jesus says. Scriptures, these scriptures, when we fill our minds with these scriptures, it equips us for times of hardship. It strengthens us to help us through times of hardship, and it gives us hope beyond our hardships. And because of that, we never cease to bear good fruit. Even in the midst of our hardships, we become a witness to others as to what our faith can do and an unshakable joy that comes from it. Maybe even because of our hardships, we have that witness. Happy are those who meditate upon God's word. Day and night. They're like trees planted along a stream. Strong in who we are. Never ceasing to bear good fruit. Our leaves, they never wither, the psalmist says. As we're invited to think about the choice that we have to make in our life. What are we going to focus on? What's going to be of first concern to us in our life? Is our focus going to be on the things of God? Now, obviously, I could just encourage you. So now go home and read the Bible, right? Go home and read the Bible. It'll do you some good. It'll make you happy. But we know that it isn't always that easy. There's lots of challenges when it comes to simply focusing on God's Word and reading the Bible. For one thing, it isn't always easy to read, right? Sometimes it can be very difficult to read. This past spring... Sunday after Easter, all the way leading up to Memorial Day, I preached that series of sermons, Making Sense of the Bible. And it was for that very reason, to help us to, to, to learn how to read the Bible, to make sense of it. If you weren't here during that time, you can go to our website, desertspringchurch.com. Homepage at the top, you'll see Connect. Click there, scroll down, you'll see Sermon Library. Click on Sermon Library, it'll take you to every sermon I've ever preached. Okay? I mean, it's just... Years of sermons that are there. So you scroll down, you can find the April and May series, Making Sense of the Bible, and it can help. But one of the things that's really important when it comes to reading the Bible is to, is to remember that where you start matters. There are some places that when you start reading, it's very difficult to continue because it gets so confusing. In that series, Making Sense of the Bible, I suggested that you start with a gospel. In fact, I challenged the church to read the Gospel of Luke this summer. So how are you doing? You're reading the Gospel of Luke? Hopefully you've been reading the Gospel of Luke. Okay. If you haven't been, there's still four weeks of summer left. A chapter a day and you're going to just barely make it. Okay. If you've already read the Gospel of Luke, great. Then read the Psalms. If you're reading a Psalm that's not connecting with you, go to the next one until you find one that just really kind of speaks to you. If you want to read something from Paul, start with Ephesians, probably. If you want to read some more of Luke, read part two, the book of Acts. Remember as you read the law of love. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. 
you're reading something that doesn't seem to connect with the law of love, set it aside. It's something to come back to later because God's word never conflicts with itself. So we just simply don't understand it at this point in time. Read. Try reading. Filling your mind with the things of God. Of course, that's only one of the challenges. Another challenge is just simply getting the time. I mean, we're all busy, right? A lot of us here may be too busy, have too many things going on in our life. We got to sleep. We've got to eat. We got to do our chores and care for ourselves. We have other people in our lives that we're responsible for. We got to go to work. We got all these activities we got to do. We got stuff. Our lives can be so full of stuff that it can be hard to even imagine adding anything to it. Another 15 minutes a day? I don't have 15 minutes a day. It's easy to get to that place, which brings us back to where the psalm begins. A reminder that we make choices in our life. We make choices about what's going to be most important to us in our life. And I suspect that most, for most all of us, busy as we are, talking to myself now, there's more than 15 minutes a day that I invest in things that has nothing to do with happiness at all. And there's probably 15 minutes in the day that I could invest in something that's going to make a difference, especially moving forward with my life. Happy are those who meditate upon God's word day and night. They're like trees planted along a stream of water. Their roots drink deeply from that stream. Their leaves never wither. They never cease to bear good fruit. Because as we fill our minds with the things of God, we see the world, we understand it a little differently. We act upon it a little differently. It impacts the words that we say and the actions that we take. Psalm 1. Thanks be to God. Amen.